Salome Maya, welcome the director for the Cancer Alliance. It's great to have you. Good morning to you and all the listeners. Salome, can I ask you any question? You can. Why don't we Bye have away. Why don't we have a cure for cancer? Uh, if we do have a cure for cancer, then I'm going to say that there's going to be lots of people who can't make money. Wow. Take I, us take I, us down I, that you, rabbit you, hole. Take us down that rabbit you, hole. You you asked me for I did purposefully because I knew you'd say it. <laughs> yeah. So so cancer is a very um it's not an easy disease first of all to manage because there are many treatment options um that a person can have and obviously we always say that if you are diagnosed with early stage disease, your management of your cancer is so much better. And with all the wonderful advances that we've had um, over the last 20, 30 years in cancer, um, that would be surgery, that would be chemotherapy and also radiation therapy. Um, the chances of survival is just so much better. Um, so, so yes, um, it, but if we have a cure for cancer, then I'm sorry, then we're not going to be able to uh, make more medicines and uh, research and, and develop more more drugs and sell uh, them I, I, at I, high I, exorbitant prices. If, if I heard you correctly, you're saying if there's a key, if there's a cure for for for, for cancer, um, a highly profitable industry is going to suffer a setback. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, we have. Let's, let's accept that. Let's accept that. Um, I, I wanna, you know, and it, and it's, and it's like rumors, it's whispers that I'm hearing that there are uh, very expensive cancer therapies available in, 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 in the world that, that, you know, deliver a really good prognosis. Uh, let's just say if you are not in that early days of detectment, uh, of detect, detection kind of phase. Yes, there are, there are many therapies. Many therapies that are completely unaffordable to them and you must hear what I'm saying to the majority of the South African population and then I'm not only just talking about the people who access the public sector I'm even talking about people who have who are fortunate enough to have medical schemes some of these treatments are just completely unaffordable and that becomes the problem um, with cancer treatments in, in, in South Africa. And I think that, that, that reality that you're talking about is the reason for our conversation today, is it not? The Cancer Act in South Africa. Completely. We, um, we asked the question to ourselves, if we have, and, and that was the research that was done in a, in a collaborative project, between the Cancer Alliance, Cancer Association of South Africa, King's College of London and Wits University. Um, and also we contracted the Dalla Omar Institute at Western Cape um, was to actually um, look at what was what is best practice from other countries. And we have seen that there are countries such as the United States, the Philippines, Kenya um, and Chile that have got dedicated cancer acts. And we've seen that in those countries there was a definite 
positive impact as a result of a dedicated cancer act. So we asked ourselves the question, would that be um, valuable in South Africa? Um, And our research is not conclusive to say, yes, it would be valuable. And the reason for that is very particularly if we look at our own history in terms of the promulgation of some of our laws. Here we've got the NHI, we've got the NAPISA Act. We we just, I mean, there's even the Patent Law Act that has to be amended. They, we just take so much time in actually making sure that we do these things that we say that it will take another 15 years yeah. before we even get to that point. So that is one of the other realities that we face in South Africa. So we will have to find other ways. I'm chatting to Salome Mayer, Cancer Alliance Project Manager and Access to Medicine Campaign. Uh, and you're welcome to weigh in on the conversation at any time via WhatsApp at 0725671567. Your call's on 0214460567. Uh, am I correct to assume that you are not necessarily a medical professional, that you are an activist on this front? I am completely an activist. I was trained many years ago as a medical social worker, Mm. Um, but I've been in cancer um, for the last 25 years of my life, first as an advisor, then as an advocate, and lately I proudly say I'm an activist. And for activists... Equitable cancer care. I I, I, I hear you, but it's the eradication of, of, of cancer as well. So all options on the table, right? Um, yes, and I and I think we need to say that to eradicate cancer, I don't think that, quite honestly, um, is a possibility because. But a cure for cancer have, is the eradication of cancer. Yeah, but we we need to look at the whole aspect of genetic predisposition, um, family history, all of that. You know that you know cancer. Okay, and I want to say we're talking about uh, treatment uh, of cancer. Sure, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, thank you. I'm, I'm, I, I can be stupid at times. Thank you for slapping me around there. Yeah, right. Because somebody asks the question. Somebody asks, is cancer a genetic or a dietary disease? It can be both. Mm. Is dietary lifestyle? Lifestyle orientated, very definitely. Lifestyle plays a major role with um, cancer prevention, uh, very definitely. Um, and it's... it's the lifestyle includes your uh, physical activity, it includes your eating and drinking behavior, it also includes your sexual be- uh, uh, behavior. Sure. Somebody else writes, please ask your guest to refrain from stupid remarks like there's no stop for cancer because of money. Shocking. So superficial. But I, but I, I, I think it is important that as an activist you have all options on the table. My question is a relevant one. Why do we not have a cure for cancer? Um, and given, given just the developments that we've seen in the medical field for a very long time, and given the whispers that I'm hearing, most certainly that there are very effective treatments ar- around the world that only the very rich can access. It's a, it's a question that I must ask, and who better to ask or put it to than Salome Mayer, uh, Director for the Cancer uh, Alliance, and also, um, of course, 
Access to Medicine campaign. And, 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 and I think you started in your opening gambit that it's expensive treatments, expensive medication that not every South African has access to. And your activism for a cancer act is going to enable that access. Uh, Salome? We, we definitely hope so. So what we are aiming for is the, the concept of equitable cancer care where we can level the playing fields between the private and the public sector. I do think that it is important to note that the care um, that patients receive within the public sector is absolutely excellent. Um, you know, with the very few centres that we have across the country, um, the the clinical specialists um, and their teams that work with them provide excellent services under very very difficult circumstances. The reality is is that 20% of this country's um, cancer specialists work within the public sector that serves 84% of the population and therefore the converse is then also the reality that 80% of our cancer specialists work in the in the private sector serving 14% of the population and that's the equity gap that we are talking about when we say we need to level the playing field I know, I, I I want, I want to mm-hmm. ask you why why another actor why why is NHI not uh, what is necessary in this particular conversation but but somebody else and we are we talking let's let's understand from an activist point of view who's been committed to fighting cancer for the better part of of your life Salome Mayer is my guest cancer alliance project manager Mikey B writes uh, please ask your guest what her view is on the vaccine for covid he continues i suspect i know the answer but there is a lot of speculation rising cancer numbers people are thinking stuff uh where's your thinking at well in terms of the you know i'm not going to respond to the vaccine for for COVID because that's not my field however what i am going to say is there's a vaccine for human papillomavirus and that is in fact one of the viruses that cause cancers not just cervical cancer, many other cancers. And that is, and it's just if we can eliminate, we can eliminate cervical cancer. You, you asked me about eradication of cancer. Here we have an opportunity to eliminate cervical cancer completely with a vaccine. That is what I support. Sure. Somebody writes, apparently wild animals get cancer and even some dinosaurs had cancer. Uh, Thank you for that uh, information. Somebody else writes, if we knew it caused cancer, people would not be diagnosed with it on a daily basis. We can discuss the importance of diet and the role of genetics, but we don't really know what causes cancer apart from skin cancer. And maybe I think you said cervical cancer as well. 80% 80% of people diagnosed with lung cancer are, are non-smokers. Uh, where, where is your mind in relation to that comment? I'm not completely sure that that figure is correct, that 80% of lung cancers are non-smokers. We do know that smoking is one of the major contributors to um, to cancer, and not only just um, uh, 
uh, a lung cancer. In fact, many of the other cancers are also um, affected by smoking. Um, and then there's many carcinogenic um, of, uh, uh, contributors in um, that contribute to cancer. Um, and there's a whole list of carcinogenic materials um, that, you know, that can cause cancer. So, in fact, we would want to say we do know um, that what, what causes cancer. Okay, another message in. I just started listening to the topic. Is the cure for cancer deliberately not discovered yet because the medical industry is making billions of rands from patients? Well, we know, we know sickness is, mm-hmm. is, uh, is a very profitable business. We also know that war is a very, pro- very profitable business. We understand how uh, dark human beings can be. And I think everything needs to be on the table. Um, but I don't think we need to necessarily go down that rabbit hole. It's not going to save us now from the big sea. What do we have? We have early detection and we do have some treatments that are available, but it's not universally available. Why another cancer act, Salome Mayer, if NHI is the solution to that challenge? 20% of people or uh, oncologists, professionals in the public sector. That's, uh, that suggests 80% in the private sector. So, yes, we, I think the NHI will definitely be one of the mechanisms that we should use for equalizing the, the playing field. However, what we are starting as the Cancer Alliance are starting to say, what we would need in this country is a national cancer institute. If we look at other countries that have got similar type of mechanisms, a National Cancer Institute has got the objective to, for instance, have standardized guidelines for your major cancers, um, and you can talk about your major 10 or even 20 cancers within the country, that they are standardized guidelines. Let's just look at the reality in South Africa. At the moment, we've got a public and a private sector, and in the private sector, we've got 74 medical schemes. That means there's 74 different guidelines for 74 different medical schemes. Now, that's the kind of standardization that we, we are talking about. When we say a, a national cancer institute, that's the role that an institute can play in, for instance, doing that. We also talk about the whole aspect of data, data collection, surveillance, um, when you start talking about the incidence of cancer as well as your survival rate, why is it important? Only when you start looking and comparing your incidence versus your survival, will you know how effective your cancer control and management plans of the country is. And that's what we need to see within a National Cancer Institute. I uh, see so we have uh, uh, Temba on the line. Um, uh, Temba, I, I, I don't want to necessarily discuss what you are, are offering. Uh, cancer, ultimately, the big C is a struggle, uh, a life and death struggle, Temba. So I do not want to be sending people in very d- different directions, um, if you know what I mean. Um, but no, you're, I don't you're, know what you mean. 
Oh, you, you don't know what I mean. Well, you, you, you have cited... No, no, I, I want to make a contribution and now you don't want me to make that contribution. I, I don't understand. I, 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 I'm it's just... precisely because it's a life and death issue that I'd like to contribute. Yeah, but, but, but I, I think we have references in your particular instance to a, to a professional and there are other professionals that would reference the same thing differently. So we do not have well, consensus. Well, that's okay. That's, 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 that's a debate. Clarence, we don't shut down debates. We open no, we can't up. have debates about, about, about life no, and no, death. No, no, deb- I'm not debating it here. I want to contribute the information. Okay, I, I'm just I'm scared because I don't want to open up a door. A I don't want to open up a door and then people uh, come in and they want to peddle some snake well, oil, you if you know what I mean. That. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no we've got to be responsible. I, my wife is that, a survivor. But that's not irresponsible. Uh, well, uh, okay. that's, that's shutting down something that's important. I hear what you're saying, and I'm trying to introduce us to a broader conversation, but I do not want to go into treatments that are not orthodox, if you know what I mean. And maybe they we're challenging. They are absolutely okay. orthodox. Okay. Professor Thomas Seafried is highly, highly respected. It's absolutely orthodox. So, so what you are saying is that there are alternative uh, ideas that are consolidating in response to cancer. Is that correct, uh, Temba? The alternative to the idea, yes. Can I can I just say this a little more fully, if you don't mind? Sure. Have I got the right to say something? I think I'm just urging you to be responsible, but I, I get the sense that you understand the gravity of the conversation. I do and I don't. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I don't agree. So let me go ahead. So what I'm saying is that my reference to to, to this issue was in the WhatsApp that I sent, in which I said that you asked the lady, and I forget her surname, you asked her whether, whether, or somebody sent in a WhatsApp saying that, that, that cancer is a genetic disease. And I said, Professor Thomas Seafried, for the last 30 years at Boston College, in other words, highly reputable college in the U.S., has established that it's not, that in fact it's a metabolic disease. And then following on that, there will be a whole bunch of, there will be a whole bunch of treatments that would be quite different. From chemo and radio. Okay, let's 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 hear. uh, Salome Mayer is the director of the Cancer Alliance. Uh, Salome, are you familiar with this branch of research on the topic? Not necessarily, and I and I think in the um, to 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 also add then to the conversation that I think we the whole aspect of education of the public in terms of what. Um, what the causes of cancer literally is and how you yourself can prevent um, the onset of cancer, whether it be um, then metabolic or whether Mm. it be carcinogenic or whatever. I think those are the conversations that we need to have and we need to actually stimulate the debate. But, you know, we, we, we should be able to have these conversations we need to also understand that at some some level, and then I'm going to say at a community level where people are just grappling with the day-to-day survival of life, um, they may not necessarily be interested in, in debates. Yes. In, in, well, either in debate or in 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 the very scientific aspect. Sure. Um, and 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 that's what we need to make 
sure that when we when we have debate, we have a debate where everybody can participate in it. At this juncture, we know early detection is probably uh, the best uh, response that we can have to the prevalence and growing prevalence of, of the big C. So our, our education should revolve around that, but we should urge the scientists to come up with uh, a treatment um, uh, to it. Uh, certainly our capabilities are there to understand cancer, its manifestation, where it comes from, um, and to respond a little more effectively, don't you think, Salome? Yes, I think, you know, in terms of, can, you know, it cancer, and I was going to say this, cancer treatment um, and the whole aspect of how we manage our pra- patients is a very, very emotive yes. subject. Um, yes. And as we, you know, as as I have experienced, I mean, I have literally, literally in the last two days have received calls, one from Pretoria and one from KwaZulu-Natal, of patients that have been, I want to say, mismanaged. Um, and where they have not been treated with dignity and with respect. Yes. Now, if we go back, and I want to bring that us back to the conversation of equitable cancer care and of cancer rights, you know, the constitution of this country actually says to us that we've got a right to health, but we also have a right to life, and we also have a right to dignity and yes. respect. Now, when our people in this country are not treated with, with that kind of respect and dignity, and when we actually have got no right to health, I'm going to bring this to the, this example to the table. I don't We've have a lot of time. We've got to go to news. It's 11.31. If you can do it very quickly, we'll appreciate it. Okay. Mm. Three, 3,000 patients. In, in, in Gauteng is waiting for more than three years for radiation uh, yeah. uh, therapy. That's an indictment. Where, where's the right? No, absolutely. Where's those people? And that is what we are talking about. It is time to act. We need cancer patients to have also actual rights that they can say this is our right we've 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 got to wrap it there and i think this country is is really lucky to have somebody uh like you at the at the forefront of championing such rights thank you for your time and for your effort uh this is personal to me um it is life and death and it needs to be treated with kit gloves at eleven thirty-two. if you've not been close to it then you wouldn't understand that but